welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 497 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? I am doing very well. Excellent. Yeah, we're kind of uh, riding this weird, well, not maybe weird, not so weird, heat wave, right as the kids go back to school, post or as as autumn kicks in. Yeah, I I was down at one of the factories this morning and uh, a couple of people said to me, bloody typical, I've come back from being on holiday where it never stopped raining. And now I'm back at work and now the sun is belting down. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it just kind of caught the last end of the, the kind of summer holes for us with the kiddies. So we had a cool. In fact, we were down your neck of the woods at the weekend. Um, we had Saturday in West Kirby and Sunday in Hoylake. All right, yeah. On the beach each day. So uh, it was amazing. And we kind of mm-hmm. timed it nicely, more so the second day in Hoylake mm-hmm. where the t- it was quite a high tide. So we were able to... Yeah, all right. Have a bit of a paddle at the beach there, and uh, yeah, it does go out a long way, doesn't it? When it goes out, and stuff. well, crazy. I know where like beach has been quite a hot topic in terms of uh, the management of the beach in recent years. It's thankfully I haven't been too involved as a as a local environmentalist. I'm quite lucky, really, because uh, it's been quite a feisty topic. Um, because well, the short story is that the council had to stop. Um, raking the beach with with tractors and spraying chemicals yeah. all, over, all over it um and there's a bit yeah. of a transition period so the beach which was sandy and white for for years is now mm. developing a bit of a dune ecosystem um yeah. which i think is great i think it'll take time but i think in the end it's going to be a beautiful duney beach with lots of wildlife but uh not everyone is quite so happy <laughs> but what i need to do is to go and buy um, lots and lots of sandfire seeds Ooh. and go and chuckle on the beach because sandfire is gorgeous. Yeah, we'll go for um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it looked great. I mean, yeah, the tide was in, and but yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny coast we've got on the world. I mean, the beaches we have at West Kirby and Toy Lake, um, the, the, it's so flat for so far. You like you don't get that kind of rolling waves that you get in Northumberland and massive sand dunes and stuff. So, um. But but when when you're down on that beach and you've got whales just opposite, it almost looks at low tide like you could walk across to whales. It does, yeah. So uh, anyway, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had we had a great couple of days, and uh, kiddies are back in school now, and um, yeah, my my eldest's gone up to secondary school. So I uh, <laughs> I had a funny one this week because um, one of the neighbours daughter is going to Hillbury school for the first time right and she said for years she thought that Hillbury school was on Hillbury Island Ah, and she was thinking how on earth are we supposed to get to school (laughs) yeah imagine well yeah we got to West Kirby on the Saturday and uh the tide had been out a couple of hours but people were already starting to trudge out um on the kind of pilgrimage across to, to the island there, which I haven't done for, yeah. since I was a kid. So, yeah, I need to put that on my list of things to do, really. But I think... But, but there are houses on that little island, aren't there? And it's like, does that mean that they have to wait to low tide before they can walk through to the shop to get their shopping and then walk back? <laughs> yeah. 
Almost certainly, yeah. I know Holy Island up in um, Lindisfarne in Northumberland is a bit more. Uh, it's the same title system, but there's a road mm. where you, you know if you don't time it right, your car will get stranded. And there's actually there's little yeah. points along the road where if you've timed it wrong, you can get out of your car and um, hike up onto this kind of platform. But your car's finished; like you don't even <laughs> yeah, don't expect it to start. But yeah, don't mess around, don't muck around with the tide. No, no. Um, a little bit of advice but we're not talking about that today we're talking about grief yeah. actually um because yeah. uh yeah you've had a bit of news in your extended family haven't you sean yeah yeah our lovely auntie there passed um just uh over a week ago um which is um and it, her ending was good she was nine, 96 just coming up to 96 and she um uh passed well it was it wasn't a difficult passing um, yeah, yeah, but but it does leave that huge hold, and at her age of in the nineties like that, she's the last of that generation, um, and uh, uh, all her knowledge um, and her goodwill. She was a very spiritual, religious kind of person, and and did whatever she could for other people. She was a good soul in that that sense. And she will be hugely, hugely missed. She is hugely missed, you know. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I don't think I, I, I don't think I'd met Auntie V. Maybe at one of your do's over the years, I've bumped into her. Um, yeah. But I feel like I know her because we talk about her on the show all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, but she, she's one of those characters who affects so many people's lives, you know. And even now, in her in her death, um, people can't stop talking about her. Yeah. Well, you reminded me yeah. as well, um, because we're coming up to the anniversary of my grandma's passing. Um, yeah. It was a, a similar kind of era of lady. She was getting on to yeah. 93, maybe 94, my grandma. Yeah. Um, and she died last year around this time. Um, so I guess we can talk about, from that point of view, the, we're going to talk about the time it takes to kind of get over uh, or process um, the death of someone and go through the, the grieving process. Um but yeah, I mean, a year on, it's it's weird actually because it's almost as if she's still around and you still do expect her to be at family functions or to a knock yeah. on the door every now and then and uh, yeah. lots of little trinkets and things we've got in the house for, um, that, that we took, um, you know, because things needed housing or getting rid of. So we've got little lots of memories of her around the place that we see every day. So we'll talk about I, I have, I, I, a couple of years ago, I... Uh, fitted lights in um, Auntie V's kitchen uh, because her, her eyes were starting to go and she likes to cook. So it was like, so she could actually see what was going on. And we had a long conversation when I was there. Uh, and, what, and then the conversation was this owl, which I've now inherited. So he now lives in my office. He's, he's a, a little owl to remind me of Auntie V. On your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Love so she's, she's there on, on my shelf. So. Gorgeous. Uh, if I get stuck, I can always look up and go, okay, so what would you do, Auntie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, moving on to grief in more general terms, it, like age can, can have, the age of someone when they pass can have a big, like a, a really massive uh, consequence in terms of how tricky it is for the people that are left behind. I mean, for the person dying, it's quite straightforward, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, you can have a, obviously, death can come in various, lots of different ways, but once it's done, it's done. Uh, I won't get too much into the kind of spiritual side, but it's it's for the people left behind, like us, 
friends yeah. and family that have to go through the the process of coming to terms and and I guess if someone's 96 it's a bit more straightforward in some ways um, than if you know they're in there much much younger than that so that can be a, a, an initial tricky barrier can't it well the, the phrase that we always use is well they had a good innings didn't they you know that kind of, of thing and I'm not sure when a good innings becomes a bad innings, like how long, how young do you have to be? I mean, it's yeah. not that long ago that people didn't often live to retirement at 65. And if they did, they were gone pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah. And now we're in that situation where women are living into their 90s, men into their late 80s, you know. Yeah. yeah. Average age mm-hmm. has been creeping up. I think there's certain parts of the world in the developed world, it might even be the United States, the most richest country in the world the greatest country on, the, on planet Earth, apparently. But I think the average age is, is starting to dip there uh, yeah, right. uh, for various reasons. And it's already a lot lower, the average age in the, in the US, than a lot of European and, and other developed developed countries. Um, but, yeah, I mean... So you're, you're planning to... Um... To live in into your nineties and possibly a hundred, aren't you? Well, I'd lo- I'd like to. It depends on a lot of things, doesn't it? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, my grandma and and Auntie V are, are great examples of people that have lived deep into their nineties and have you know been compass mentors and re- I don't know actually how how physically able Auntie V was, but my grandma was playing like tennis in the garden with us a few weeks before she died. Yeah. Yeah, no, Auntie V was very, very mobile up to about six months ago. And then thing a system started to close down. Yeah. On her, which is and, and her, her end was quite uh, quite quick in that sense. Mm. But she was up at that point, she was very, very active. And she she was a, a bit of a beggar when you were going for a walk with her, because you'd have you'd have to struggle to keep her up with her because she was off. And she was going, yeah. That's cool. My grandma was similar until, I guess it was two or three years, the final two or three years from her grandma was, she wasn't as mobile. She could still walk, but she couldn't, like, walk far without getting out of puff. Um, yeah. She stopped driving, I think, two or three years bef- before she died as well. And it's interesting, like, that kind of, how that can reduce someone's mobility. It shouldn't do. Um, but obviously we've, we've built a world where, for, where and, you know, this is my obsession, really. Uh, where uh, we're relying on these these machines to get us around, and when you can't do it or you don't have one for whatever reason, you kind of your world shrinks. And thankfully, my mum was able to ferry my grandma around a lot, and we live locally, so we could pick her up. And you know, uh, but yeah, that that's. Uh, but we we do live in a world, don't we? Where if you can't get around in a vehicle, you become disabled. By the time yeah. you got the app out-of-town shopping centres and supermarkets. People can't just go down the high street like exactly. they used to. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. topic conversation. But my grandma lived probably yeah. within 500 metres of a of a shop or a whole set of shops. But uh, And she was capable of walking that far, but it wasn't a great environment in terms of some crossings that she would have had to get over. That's a whole other, that's a whole other yeah. discussion and it's stuff I'm working on. But yeah. it's the yeah. environment that it's the environment that, that disabled and not, not kind of her actual ability. But... Uh, Anyway, yeah, I, I would like to live deep into my nineties, if possible, and it's a long way off. But it's it depends on various things, and it depends on whether that kind of enjoyment in life. And and I guess Auntie V and my grandma were both quite curious people and engaged in terms of yeah, talk and yeah. learn. I guess that maybe yeah. they were just willing to like learn. They always love learning more and more about people and 
living. Yeah, yeah. And and we know that, don't we, neurologically, that if you if you exercise your brain, uh, and as hunter gatherers, you do, you did that naturally because you were out living in the world and interacting with the world. You were forever learning and never stopped. Um, and it's only with education and urbanization and industrialization that our learning stops. You know, it's like people learn to do a job and then they can do that job until they retire, you know, yeah. and effectively their brain development stops. Mm. There's no new learning going on. Yeah. You know, unless they do not fall and learn to speak Spanish or something, you know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, getting back onto kind of the, the, the grieving process, grief, have you put in your blog post, which people can check out on the website? Which mm-hmm. will be in all the show notes from today's episode. Uh, but grief dictionary definition is that uh, it's an intense sorrow, especially caused by someone's death. And we've talked about this in the past that it takes time, doesn't it? So, I mean, yeah. does the amount of time yeah. depend on a whole variety of circumstances? And I, d- I think it, it depends on all kinds of things like belief. Um, and that is very important and real in terms of um, religiosity. And Auntie V was was quite a profound Roman Catholic, and she went to church regularly, and she had a very clear idea about afterlife in heaven. And uh, um, her husband, Charles, had died um, about 16 years ago, I think. It was maybe a bit less than that, maybe 12. But, I mean, a good good whack ago. But she was convinced that she was going to be with him. And and that's lovely. I hope she is, and uh, I hope I shall get there to see them too, um, eventually. Um, but it's it's that sense of of is it an ending, or is it like a, a, a transition to something else? And I think that affects a lot of people's grief. Mm. You know, if, if you look at it in terms of oh, it's not really good because Auntie Vera is now where she wanted to be with Charles, and they'll be having a good time. And, you know, they'll be meeting up with other people, or is it that there's now like a hold and an ending and a loss? And and I think that does affect people's grieving process quite a lot. Yeah, is is there a certain kind? Of, I don't mean this in in a bad way, but there's a certain kind of selfishness when someone dies because, like, we we rely on people, don't we, for for, for certain things, whether it's talking things through or for. Yeah, yeah. for practical reasons, getting around that kind of thing, or just helping out with the yeah. shopping. So, yeah. when someone goes, there's a certain kind of uh, selfish. Oh, how, how, what have they gone and left me on my own for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. Yeah, and and that sense of abandonment. Yeah, that's right. That's what that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, can can be very very profound for people. Um, you know. If you're a young mother and you've got kids, maybe one's disabled, and then you've got a mother who's been helping you out, who then either can't, that can be a loss, if she becomes ill herself, or if she dies and you lose her. and uh, uh, Or it could be that you end up having to look after the mother and the child and, you know... um, so there are multiple layers, which when we lived in extended families, I see this more and more. When we lived in extended families where people lived in the same premises or very close to each other, mm-hmm. um, there was lots of informal stress management that went on, lots of support, lots of caring. 
that was just naturally there in the process, which we've lost because yeah. we now live in these little nuclear units. We don't interact in the same way. And uh, as much as talking to you on this screen is really powerful and amazing and good, it's not the same as being with you, is it? Mm. No. Yeah. Plus, yeah. It's true. And uh, you, wonder, you wonder whether uh, there'll be... Some we'll ever reach that technological point where we can kind of capture people's digital ego somehow and have conversations. I think I've seen... Like a hologram. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, when for my grandma's funeral, I, I managed to... Oh, you were there, weren't you? I played a, I played a uh, audio clip of, um, of grandma talking. She used to leave these... Um, little whatsapp voicemails she didn't she like she liked typing messages but sometimes she would record a little audio clip and send it to yeah. her or to me whatever uh, and i managed to find one that worked really perfectly for the funeral actually it's kind of yeah, yeah. you know enjoy have a good day enjoy yourselves i'm going now <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i haven't listened to it in a few months but uh uh it's really powerful but yeah having this i guess having photos and audio files and you know trinkets and i've got grandma's coffee table in my house now having these things around as a kind of little comforting ways of allowing people to live forever aren't they so you wonder whether yeah. technology will catch up and we'll be able to actually create a digital memory yeah. that we can just dip in and out of every now and again and speak to the, the amount of times i've worked with someone who's lost a partner male or female and um they've kept a piece of their clothing, like a jumper or something, because it smells of them. Yeah. And when they've needed that kind of comfort, they've been able to just take that bit of clothing and cuddle it, you know, in bed, whatever, and smell it. Yeah. Which has given them a lot of relief. Yeah. So when you work with people, are you helping that are coming to terms with grief? Do you tell them to kind of cling on to stuff like that, or is ultimately do we need to let go? It, I think it depends on the person. It depends on the circumstance. It's like when, when a death has happened over a period of time and it's been expected, very often people are able to prepare themselves. I mean, okay, they do get to an ending they have to deal with, but they can prepare in a different way as opposed to, um, you know, your partner or parent or somebody goes out and um, suddenly there's a knock on the door and it's a policeman saying, ah, you know, are you, I've come to tell you that, mm. you know, and that kind of loss is very different. Suddenly. And also if, if a loss <clears throat> has been violent, like it's been an assault or a murder, that can be difficult as well, you know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet. Unbelievable. So, I mean, there are lots of different kinds of loss that need different kinds of responses. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, when, you, when you lose a child, that is you know, very, very difficult. And people do keep kind of shoes and things like that. You know, or yeah. teeth, if kids have, you know, lost their milk teeth, you know, that kind of... Yeah, yeah. I bet. I mean, uh, sometimes people won't want to... Um, I guess sometimes grief itself can be a bit of a, a blanket to hold on to and you, people won't want to move on because they know that yeah. they don't want to lose <clears> memories. Yeah. Or, and it's not just when someone dies, I guess, also we, uh, when a relationship ends, maybe, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know people personally, and my, my friends and family who've kind of you kind of want them to get over something so they can move on, um, but for whatever reason that the person doesn't or hasn't, and uh, 
it's all, it's like they kind of they want to hold on to that grief for <laughs> people are complicated yeah, yeah. and it, it's almost as though um i mean rtv had charles um um full of his ashes next to the fire and had a picture of him on the top and she'd go and talk to her mm-hmm. so it's like he was still there for her yeah and then she had Although he was is gone, and she was wanted to go and be with him, uh, he was still there in the front room, and she would go in there to go, you know, hi Charles, you okay? And she'd tell him about her day and what she'd done. Yeah. yeah. So he was still living there with her. Mm. Wow. Um, well, yeah, we've just uh, well, the grandma left us a small amount of money for all the grandkids to to, um, so we bought a tree. And we've planted it in the front. So next time you're around, you'll see it actually. So uh All right. that seems quite interesting, quite a <clears throat> way to kind of Yeah. Because that's another little thing that we can watch grow and uh blossom and all that and we can have little conversations about and the kids still chat about it. Yeah. And it's grandma's tree right outside the front of our house. So yeah. Uh yeah. Little memorials like that. You don't have to be religious, do you, to celebrate someone's life or to kind of um yeah, you get into that whole issue between religiosity and spirituality, and can yeah. you be spiritual without being religious and all that? You know, you get into a whole world, don't you? Mm. Um, and and I I think that it's lovely that whatever we need to do to respect and to acknowledge someone's existence and their life, um, especially when it's been um, something that is seen as a celebration. You know, their life was a good thing. Yeah. Um, the um, it, it must be very very difficult if you if you've got um, a relative could be a child could be a parent who has done bad things and has died and how do you deal with that as a funeral and as a letting go that must be quite a tough one. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, it will be, won't it? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got, you've got in the blog as well about this kind of a three, this is three stage or three step process to, to grief. Mm-hmm. Do you want to quickly go through that? The steps that you, do you see people need to go through? Um, I, I think that it, it's the, the issue that takes you to um, acceptance, really. I mean, most, most people in the first instance will, will try and avoid. Um, facing up to the to the the grief so you end up in in what i see as a kind of a disbelief stage you know people aren't actually accepting that it, that something's actually taken place and that's very real isn't it you know it, if you, you can be in that situation that can go on for a long time i mean like maybe several years where you're kind of expecting someone to walk through the door yeah. or the phone to go and you think oh it must be them and then it's not you know, that kind of stuff is very, very real. And that kind of disbelief bit is very, very difficult to overcome sometimes, you know. And it's like you, you get a call that says, you know, your parents passed or whatever. And it's like, how do you process that from, you know, and very often people need to go and see the body, need to go through those processes to convince themselves. And in places like india where they have um a a, a pyre where they, they will actually burn the body very often the whole family will go past that pyre and will touch the body and they're confirming for themselves that the death has happened and that 
you know, that the person is no longer there. It's just a body. Yeah. Many people will kiss the body, as a, and it's it's like it's that that getting to the point where I can actually believe this has happened. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, and then once you get to that, you can accept that it has actually happened. Is when you you start to get the emotional letting go, and that letting go happens in all kinds of ways. So it happens in is the classic is anger. You know, how dare God, how dare this illness, how dare the person die, leave me, whatever. So and there is that kind of anger base, what you were talking about, about sometimes it is selfishness. Sometimes it is genuine love, which is kind of, you get, it gets turned inside out, as it were, yeah. and turned from, from love in, into anger um, and lots of expletives and things. Um, and th that takes you, to to the point of, of when you 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 can start to let go and you can it's usually the anger that is the is the bit um and someone may be emotionally aroused and they may be like that for a while and that kind of emotional letting go but usually the anger is the last bit that gets you over the the hump you know and it's running jumping screaming shouting mm. you know? Right. There are a few few people that will um, that will be living in in that kind of closeness to their experience of God that will feel that you know okay I can give this person to God and that's okay and uh, and they know that in that kind of letting go they're letting the person go into into the arms of, of a savior of some sort. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's compli complicated stuff, isn't it? I guess there's a, yeah, you've put it in your blog again that it can be a question about whether you're celebrating a life or whether you're mourning a death. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's true in the, like, the anniversary, isn't it? Like, you've got Beryl's anniversary coming up, and do you all sit down and raise a glass and, and go, woo? You know, uh, what are we feeling? Are we feeling the happiness of, wasn't it amazing to have her in our lives? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a it was her birthday recently, so um, and I'm not exactly sure the day that she passed away, but they're, they're quite close to two things. So I think we're quite lucky in that sense that the, the probably the two days will start to merge together, the two dates, uh, yeah. and we'll celebrate Grandma's birthday still. Uh, yeah. And and also remember, yeah, that there's a similar kind of time time of year when she passed away as well. So. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and and she and, and Auntie V were were the same age group, aren't they? So it's like it's it's that. Yeah. Are we at that point where that particular generation is leaving us? You know, the people in their nineties, whatever. Yeah, and I guess you, I mean I don't know about Auntie V, but grandma, my grandma was was far from perfect. Like she had she had yeah. stuff in her life that that tricky stuff that she had to deal with, and she was quite often a lot of the time she was a real pain in the backside because she was quite argumentative. <laughs> no. <laughs> she, she loved a good argument like kind of on sunday lunch and all that at, at a certain no. point so uh <laughs> i guess we shouldn't like well uh, i don't want to speak too much about anti-v but um i guess we can we can look back can't we were roast into glasses a lot of the time as well and uh so i try and i try and remind but, but one, one of the things i think when when i work with people over the years that have lost somebody someone who had humanity 
and did get things wrong and, and but yeah. kind of resolved them is, is somebody that people admired rather than someone who was a saint. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and you get that at funerals. Right? You you attend a funeral and you, you know that the person that died um had lots of shortcomings because that's the nature of being a human being. And you hear people talking about the wonderment of them and how they were and you're thinking, is it the same person that I knew? Yeah. Because I did grandma's eulogy or one of the uh, little talk about managed yeah. to, just, just about managed to get through it. Uh, <laughs> I think I did mention that she could be a right pain in the backside sometimes, you know. Yeah. A bit of a chuckle and uh, yeah. Yeah. But, As opposed to when I pass on, people will just be saying how perfect I've been and all yeah. that. Oh, don't worry, I'll I'll do a speech at your funeral. <laughs> You're telling the truth. I'll tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, have you got anything in particular resource you want to mention, or? Uh... Well, the, the the resource I want to, want to mention is this, and it's the tough one. It's like we're all going to die, right? And when we die we leave lots of stuff behind us, which becomes a pain in the backside for everybody else who's left. Yeah. yeah? And that starts off with all our um, physical possessions. Um, and it goes on to things like um, all the kind of financial stuff that needs to be sorted out right the way through to every practicality of, of you know, every password of everything. And it's like, I think that responsibly, for the next lot they're going to have to deal with us when we go, because we are going to go, is I think we should all produce a death box. And the death box should have all the information in it so that um, people aren't sort of going through drawers, trying to find bits of paper, like it's all there. So we do that responsibly. And um, if, if you can, buy yourself a funeral. You can get them cheap now. The price won't go up because you've already bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even okay. if you're going to live for another another twenty years, fifty years, whatever. Yeah, you know, buy it now. Um, but also, how much stuff? Because I mean, going through RTVs and everything that's that's had to be done for that. I'm thinking, I really, really need to get in the attic and sort the attic out. Yeah. We've you know. got, literally written a book called What's That in My Attic? Haven't yeah, we? yeah, right. And you'd be surprised <laughs> what's in my attic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's all right. That's good. That's good practical advice. In fact, I did do a website for a, and I, I still host it for a, a local funeral director, Rob, Robert Quinn. All right, Rob. Yeah, all right. Give a shout out to Rob in, in Heswell. Yeah, yeah. Rob, because, uh, yeah, that's yeah, a good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Works with his sister and they do some good work. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's important stuff, isn't it? And it, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of it too, really. I've got, a, I've got a will, but I haven't got any, uh, any other concrete plans uh, for yeah. what would go where. And yeah, all that weird nitty gritty password stuff, and who's got access to bank accounts and all that stuff. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like and it's like knowing, knowing all the numbers and like the passwords and this. Yeah. And, you know, so important. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's all. I'll second that one then, because that's uh, that's all good. Um, all right, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, you happy then? I am good. I am good. I am so happy. I am going to the heart hospital on Monday for what I assume is going to be my final Ooh, uh, wow. uh, appointment with the arrhythmia team. I've been signed off by the surgical team. If the arrhythmia team signed me off, that's it. I'm done. You're out there. And that, and and that made me consider a lot about death because I wasn't sure I was going to make it when I was yeah. going through it. 
You'll probably get yeah. by a bus on your way out of the hospital or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine Got that. him. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Just when he thought he was clear. Yeah, right, yeah. We got him. <laughs> uh, good. It's, fun. it's good that we can laugh about it, though, eh? <laughs> but on, on the basis that we're all going to die, and whatever your kind of religious, spiritual beliefs are, the way I, I would would sum it up is if when I die there's nothing, well that's fine, I'm done. Yeah. And if when I die there's something, well that's fine, because hey, come on, let's go and get on with it. So like either which way you can't lose, you know. It's yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's fine. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, Orton. And yeah, let's uh our rest in peace anti V A little shit will find Yeah, yeah. To her. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Good luck with all that stuff and we'll uh I'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, you take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.